0: Sunday. We're here to preview it for you guys. I'm Jack, joined by my co-host Alec. What's going on? Uh, I couldn't help but mention that. You said San Diego? It will always be the San Diego Chargers. I refuse you're to big, acknowledge. You're not, a big Los Angeles. you're not a big Los Angeles guy? I refuse to acknowledge their existence as a franchise in the Los Angeles area. So, <laughs> San Diego Chargers it is for me.
1: Fighting Dan Feltz. Um, this is a big game. Yeah, big, big, big game.
0: So Zach Taylor, we're recording this Wednesday afternoon. Zach Taylor uh, had his weekly press availability this week, and we'll get to a couple of things that he said uh, pertaining to uh, stuff that matters for the guys on the field Sunday. But uh, in leading up to the game, he did say this they're treating this as the biggest game of the season. Um, And I, I mean, it's refreshing to hear that perspective, one, for a game in December, and two, because it feels like this is the biggest game of the season, by far and away, in terms of playoff leverage for the Bengals.
1: It definitely is. It, and it, it, it's one of those games where, where we're going to look back on um, at the end of the year, and it's going to be kind of either a turning point uh, for, for the better, uh, for them you know, potentially winning the division, or it's going to be a turning point where uh, you could you could lump it in with the Jets game or, or the Browns game where you you just kind of needed it to uh, to get that extra push, get that get that extra cushion for a playoff spot. So, and, and I know we've said this before. We've said a lot of these games are big games, but this is truly, truly. And Zach Taylor, I mean Zach Taylor said it. This is truly the biggest game of the year so far.
0: Yeah. And so when we look at, so I'm on 538.com right now. If the Bengals win this game on Sunday, their playoff odds go from 65% to almost 80%. However, should they lose on Sunday, 65% all the way down to 42% chance to make the playoffs. So if that doesn't tell you the magnitude that this game yeah. holds in the AFC, AFC playoff race, um, this is a huge game.
1: Yeah, and and we talked about this before. Um I'd almost be okay with splitting these next two games, but if we're going to win one of these next two, it's got to be this week because because of the Chargers and the AFC playoff race. If they win, they're 7 and 5 as well, but they have the tiebreaker over us because of head-to-head. So that's why this game's so important because they're going to be fighting, scratching and clawing for the for a playoff spot. And um we're going to need a tiebreaker over them if, you know, if things don't go our way. But I think, I don't think we're going to need that, but it's always nice to have, especially when the AFC is just such a tight race.
0: Yeah, the AFC is just ridiculously tight right now. And when we look at uh, sort of getting more into the game this weekend, but still kind of looking at it through the playoff lens, um, this is a Chargers team that has been up, down, around, I don't think anybody that watches the NFL could look at you and say that they know for certain which Chargers team they're going to get week in and week out. So that unpredictability that the Chargers have versus juxtaposed to, it feels like we're starting to definitely figure out what the Bengals formula is to winning overall, but most especially these last two weeks. And that formula is... Is exactly what Denver used last week against the Chargers, and that is pound the ball, run some play action, get after the quarterback, and it seems to be a, f- a formula that works well against the Chargers.
1: No, oh, yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is. And then we talked about it a little bit in our last episode that the uh, the Chargers are last in rush defense in the NFL um so it's not a good matchup for them against this Bengals team that's run the ball over 35 times the last two games on average um now i wanted to ask you are you worried about joe mixon's um i don't know durability if he keeps getting 28 29 30 carries a game or do you think he'll be able to sustain that because because of the you know that little stretch that he had where he he was only getting 10 carries a
0: game i think that's a good question um Because you do, at some point, it does have to come into consideration considering the durability issues we've seen with Joe Mixon in the past. But um, the way things are going right now, and I get, for some reason, the PFF grading doesn't necessarily align with what we're seeing. And by no means am I saying we're smarter football minds than the people at PFF. But it seems like one, he's not taking a lot of low big hits. uh It seems like he's really keeping a low pad level and protecting himself. And two, right now the Bengals' offensive line is is running zone concepts at an unbelievable clip. So yeah, no, I agree. yes, I am worried b- because of the past Joe Mixon that we've seen, and because when you look at all the running backs that have gotten paid big bucks, a lot of them usually tend to get dinged up hurt. So I I don't know. I, I think if you see Mixon start to slow down a little bit over the next couple of weeks, maybe that's to be expected, but especially this week, and then especially against the Ravens, and uh, the Chiefs' offenses you want to keep off the field, you have to be able to pound the rock.
1: Yeah, and I think they will. And I think we're, hopefully, this is my hope, that we can see a little bit more of Samaje Piron if, if things are going well over the next couple of weeks, just to save Joe for, you know, for the end of the season when we're going to need him in those big games, um, especially, especially the last three, last three weeks of this Bengals season is going to be crucial. So to have him healthy is going to be really, really important.
0: Yeah. And so kind of relating that back to what I wanted to just bring up briefly from Zach Taylor's press conference today. uh, We will Trey Hopkins clean bill of health. We will see him on Sunday. Um, It doesn't look like Riley reef is going to practice uh, today, Wednesday or tomorrow, Thursday, but Zach Taylor said, we expect him to play on Sunday, which is great news. Um, But If he can't go, Isaiah Prince would be at right tackle on Sunday. And then the third injury, I don't think he was asked about, but Chris Evans uh, also got an ankle injury on Sunday. So I guess we'll kind of just see how practice uh, comes out for him this week. Uh, Any real concerns, high level of concern, if Isaiah Prince is out there at right tackle on Sunday? Yeah,
1: because I I was doing some research, and I think – Joey Bosa lines up against the red tackle like 85% of the time, 90% of the time. And, I mean, let's be honest. Joey Bosa is probably a t- uh, top top six, seven pass rusher in the NFL. I mean, you could argue top five. And even if Riley, Re- an injured Riley Reef, I'm still worried about it going against him. But Isaiah Prince against him, I- I'm really worried. And I-, I don't know if that's just me being a pessimist because of the – The turnstile of right tackles we've seen, uh, you know, from the Bengals over the last five years since Andre Smith was at least serviceable. Um, But yeah, I'm worried. (laughs) I really am.
0: That's not to say that Isaiah Prince hasn't played well, but you make a great point, especially getting into this part of the schedule these next three weeks, they just face gauntlet of pass rushes. You got Joey Bosa this week, Nick Bosa next week, and then Bradley Chubb week after that in Denver in the altitude.
1: It's been, it, it, you know, it's it's crazy because it seems like we face one of these crazy pass rushers every week. It seems like we face a top seven guy every week.
0: Yeah, it, it now, definitely it also, does.
1: It, it also doesn't help, though, when you're playing four games a year, two against Miles Garrett, two against TJ Watt. Like in theory, I know we didn't play TJ Watt twice, but. In yeah. theory, you're, I mean, the, the teams in our division have a great pass rush. So that's six games a year. So.
0: And credit where credit's due to Riley Reef did not allow pressure on Sunday against T.J. Watt, which is mm-hmm. – I mean, I get it was only 18 pass block snaps, but did not allow pressure on uh, against T.J. Watt. Uh, that's that's a, a very good um, place to be if you're Riley Reif. And And, you know, looking forward into next year, I get, you know, usually we're already on to next year by this point in the season, but taking a small peek ahead to 2022, I would be perfectly fine bringing Riley reef back for another season at right tackle. The way he's played this year has been more than capable. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, So this Sunday, so like we mentioned a, a couple seconds ago, the chargers are dead last in the NFL against the run by a wide margin, by a wide margin. They are, they are almost an entire tier below the Giants run defense when it comes to running the ball. And last week, I think the, the uh, Broncos averaged about four and 4.7 yards carry last week. So that being said, and kind of the whole overarching storyline to this week is going to be Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, kind of those two QBs from that 2020 class. Do you sense a do, do you think these last two weeks is indicative of, a stra- of an entire shift in strategy going forward? Whereas beginning of the season, it was kind of after they got Joe's legs under him in those first couple of games. We saw against Jacksonville, Baltimore, uh, the Jets pretty much, um, and the Packers more of a willingness to just put the ball in Joe's hands and say, you're going to win us the game. Now it seems they have shifted to this run first focus of offense. Do you worry about, especially in a game like this, where it seems like the chargers are bound to score 24 points. Do you worry about the Bengals offense? Maybe finally hitting that brick wall with this strategy. I get it. It's against a bad run defense, but do you worry at all about them taking the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands and and almost relying solely on the run too much?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's indicative of what Joe Burrow has done or what he can't do or what they don't want to put on him because I mean we've seen when they've put it on Joe. I mean I know we lost the Jets game; they still scored thirty-one points. He scored forty-one against the Ravens, through for what three seventy. Um, and oh, for
0: like four sixteen against the was Ravens. it four sixteen? Yeah,
1: I don't know. I I, I don't know Is it was over four hundred. That's actually crazy. Um, Andy Dalton could never. Um, but they. Uh, I think it's just a shift in strategy because I think they finally realized that that wide, you know, that wide zone. um, They're, they're really good at blocking it. And Joe Mixon's really, really good at running it. And I think they're trying to, you know, be a little more balanced because I think if they need to put the ball in Joe's hands, he can do it. It doesn't matter if he hasn't done it in four weeks. You know what I mean? I feel like he could do that whenever, but to, to to be able to run the ball as well as they have been and have that option of T, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, CJ Uzama, and Joe Burrow, if, if they need them to just throw them back into a game, I, I think it just works out in their in their favor, especially, especially with a team that's growing like this. To show everybody on this team that's still relatively young. I mean, the only old guy on the team is Riley Reef. So to show everybody that. We can run the ball for 180 yards or we could throw for 400 yards. Whatever we want to do, we're going to do it. I think it's a really good attitude to have.
0: Yeah, the Bengals offense has been on an absolute heater recently. I mean, in save the Browns game, which got out of control because of three really untimely turnovers. You're looking at an offense that hasn't been held under 20, but twice this year, once against the Bears when they had bad turnovers once against the Browns when they had bad turnovers. So unless this offense is just shooting itself in the foot, they're going to get 20. And so even with this sort of sort of shift in strategy, like you said, I'm not too worried about them still getting theirs. And it makes me feel that much more confident in this team's ability to play games in January just because of the multitude of ways they can beat you right now.
1: Yeah, and I think... Earlier in the year, I mean, it's warm out. Uh, it's like, you know, 60, 70. I mean, even in Cincy, it's easy to throw the ball. But I feel like Zach Taylor and, and, and even Joe Burrow know that once it gets colder, it, it, you can't air the ball out 40 times a game and think that everything's going to go great. Um, so you got to be able to run the ball. And I think, and and it's just, it's not about just running the ball. You have to establish a, a sort of physicality attitude and mindset. And I think they have definitely established that over the last two weeks after the bye. I think that was definitely an emphasis um, after the bye week to kind of maybe make the offense a little more balanced.
0: Yeah, this should definitely be a week where the Bengals offense is just absolutely licking their chops and playing the look ahead game for a slight second. um, These next couple of games are against teams with defenses that uh, rank Not near the top, not with uh, Buffalo, New England, but San Francisco's 10th, Chargers are 23rd, Chiefs 26th, the Ravens are 18th, um, and you can look at the rest for yourself. But moral of the story is, not only I feel like are we seeing an evolution of the offensive strategy, we're seeing an evolution of Joe Burrow along with that because I think we're seeing Joe Burrow realize that he doesn't have to make all the plays all the time. He can throw the dump off screen to Jamar chase. And like we saw last week, have faith that Jamar gets eight yards. He can throw the quick slant to T Higgins. Um, I still would like to see them get Tyler Boyd more involved. And I think we're in line for a big Tyler Boyd weekend this weekend, but I think that I am fully bought in on this, and I don't think I'm overreacting to the point to say that this is the best Bengals offense in a long time.
1: Uh, it's probably the best Bengals offense, and I know we weren't alive, but the, probably the late 80s. Um, Bengals offense was boomer size, and I, I think Andy Dalton's Bengals, they were very solid on offense. And, but that those – I mean, let, let's not lie. Those teams were carried by the defense. I mean, the Bengals defense back in 2012, 2013, 14, 15, those defenses were like, I'm not, they were literally like top seven defenses. Um, and, you know, I, I think this Bengals offense just has so many pieces, the offensive line's playing well. Um, yeah, this is definitely the best Bengals offense in a long time.
0: Yeah, and um, the Chargers are are kind of beat up in general, um, they had a, uh, several guys out last weekend. Asante Samuel might not play this weekend, um, but nonetheless, the Chargers are very weak in their front seven. Um, I think the only guys that particularly scare you in that front seven right now are Bosa and Kenneth Murray. It's their back end that uh, should concern the Bengals and us this week. You got Derwin James, Chris Harris. Could you try again? All right. You got Derwin James, Chris Harris back there, Nasir Adderley. This is going to be a game that's won within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage.
1: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And their linebackers, you said, I mean, Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma is really good, but their linebackers are poor. I mean, they're bad. And their interior D linemen are. You thought the Bengals' interior linemen last year were bad. You need to check out the Chargers' interior D linemen this year. It's bad. I mean, they're. they're probably at a bottom three unit of, of interior D lineman in the league. So it should, it should on, on paper, this is what scares me though. And I want, I want to see if you agree with me. This scares me because on paper they should run all over the chargers, but I, I just don't, I just, I don't know if it's going to come to fruition because, you know, we we've been in this situation before where, you know, we talk about, you know, like a Jets game or like a, I don't know, like a Bears game, and, and we think we match up pretty well, and, and then everything just goes wrong, so.
0: Yeah. It, this is a very favorable matchup for the Bengals' offense on paper um, because, the, I mean, Denver got uh, a lucky pick six last week, but Denver put up 21. Pittsburgh put up 37 on them. Um You know, it and it just seems like it, it just seems like the Bengals are due to continue this sort of offensive dominance. But, like you said, we've been so conditioned in the past to kind of be looking around the corner at all times to see when that letdown is coming. That it seems like this feels like an opportunity where, oh my God, this is the ripe for the picking. This is a Joe Mixon 150 yard day right there. And it's, he has
1: 10, and he has 15 carries for 37 yards.
0: Yeah. So, yes, I, 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 I do believe that the Bengals have turned a corner and I want to believe they have. But I think this is the ultimate proof of concept week for the Bengals because. This is a team on paper. You should be, this is a team on paper and we can flip to our Bengals defense versus Chargers offense. Now, this is a team on paper that does not do anything particularly great um, on offense. It, it just feels like a weekend that they should win against a good team.
1: Yeah. In. And we're and we're getting into the uh, Chargers' offense versus the Bengals' defense. Justin Herbert is either a top three quarterback in the NFL or 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 he's below average. So I, you never know what you're going to get with him. Like <clears throat> I don't know if you watched that primetime game where they had against the Steelers. He looked. I mean, his stats were crazy. Um, but the thing about that is just like I, you know, I. And then last week he couldn't move the ball. So you just never know. You're with Justin Herbert. Their weapons, though, I, I I would argue their weapons could rival the Bengals.
0: Yeah, is I the mean Bengals- they
1: have yeah, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, and also um, their new their tight end Jared Cook. But also they're they have another tight end Donald Parnum Jr. He is six eight and athletic. He's pretty good. He's he would be a, he's gonna be a tough matchup for this Bengals defense too.
0: Yeah, when you look at the Chargers, it seems like every game they have won this year or every game that they've had offensive success this year, Mike Williams has had a very good game. So it kind of scares me this week when I think about it's probably going to be Eli Apple on Mike Williams. yeah, Yeah, That's not the most comforting thought.
1: Well, that it also scares you because you need Mike Williams to play bad so you keep losing in fantasy because you're in, the, you're in tank mode.
0: I, I never said I was in tank mode.
1: Your roster says otherwise. Your roster says you're in tank mode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I play with the hand I deal myself in fantasy. <laughs> um, but, you know, the Chargers, I, I think the Bengals are the more complete team, both offensively and defensively, when comparing them to the Chargers. The Chargers just have so much variance that the Chargers high, I think is better than the Bengals high, but the Chargers low is so much lower than the Bengals low.
1: The, Chargers, so, low is, the Chargers low is losing to, the, uh, losing to the Broncos by two scores.
0: Yeah. That, that's pretty low. And, you know, the Chargers overall, I mean, Rashawn Slater, we, we haven't talked about him yet. He has been very good for them so far this year at left tackle. He might be an all pro. He has been so good for them at left tackle this year, but, but the right side of their O line comes close to the Bengals last year. Comes close to Bobby Hart. Let me, you have not heard of either of these players. You ready for this? Yep. And not that you haven't heard of them. I'll pull up their PFF grades too. They're starting right tackle is a guy by the name of Storm Norton. (laughs) Yeah. Storm went to Toledo. He was undrafted, and he he, uh, signed with the Lions out of college. He has given up five sacks, and he has four penalties. That five sacks is tied for sixth in the NFL. Okay. And PFF charts him at a 55.4 grade. Their right guard is a fellow by the name of Michael Schofield.
1: Yeah. Yep. Michael Schofield. Vienna, right? Michigan. Michigan. Okay, Michigan. Okay.
0: With a third-round pick in 2014, he's been slightly better. PFF charts him at a 59. He's given up one sack, and he's got three holding penalties. But neither of these guys inspires any confidence against – what I think the Bengals have is a pretty good defensive line. So, I think the matchup to keep your eyes on this week is going to be, can Rashawn Slater handle Trey Hendrickson?
1: You think you think Trey Hendrickson will go against Rashawn Slater, do you think he'll go against Mr. Storm?
0: Well, the good thing about the Bengals is they've been able to be multiple this year. So, I'm not saying it's going to be every snap, him against Rashawn Slater, but I feel like whenever – hendrickson is against slater the bengals need to feel comfortable winning that matchup one every three or four times
1: i agree and if trey hendrickson's on storm norton they need to be comfortable winning that one out of every two times
0: yeah storm norton is not good to put it bluntly well i and mean the I
1: mean, undrafted free agent that's signed with the the lions so uh yeah if that says anything
0: yeah, and the Chargers overall have some injury problems up front on that offensive line. Matt Filer was questionable last week. Um, and just overall, their O line does not inspire a great level of confidence. But I think Justin Herbert is a top five, six QB in the NFL under pressure. And I'm not saying that based off any advanced metrics. It just feels like anytime he gets pressured and rolls out, he is viable to do something lethal to your defense.
1: Yeah. And I, and the, the, the really important thing this week, I think, from, you know, Bengals defense versus Chargers offense is, one, you set up before Eli Apple is going to be on Mike Williams. That's going to be big. Can Eli Apple keep playing well? But – it's gonna be really important for these safeties to play well. Jesse Bates needs a big game. He needs a statement game. He needs that contract. He needs a statement game and, and it needs to be this week. And yeah. Von Bell also. Von Bell needs to tackle better. Cause he missed, you know, three or four tackles. I know they're up thirty-one to three. I get it. I I I guess people aren't trying to get hurt when when you're up by four scores, but I mean, he, he couldn't tackle last week. So it's going to be really important this week. And also, Austin Eckler out of the backfield, I think, is going to be a problem.
0: Yeah. I think the focus this week has to I, be – Yeah, well,
1: yeah. But right before, I was going to say, Keenan Allen is going to get his. Keenan Allen always gets his. He's going to get his 7-8 receptions for 70 to 90 yards. It, it, he gets his. It, but – Sorry, keep going. I want to hear hear your plan.
0: I was just going to say the plan I feel like needs to be you need to be very comfortable being able to get pressure with four and drop into zones because we've seen this year when Justin Herbert has played a defense that mixes things up and confuses him, Denver, New England, Dallas earlier in the season, the list goes on. When he plays a defense like that, he makes mistakes Mm -hmm. when you, when you mess with his eyes and you, he doesn't have the football IQ of Joe Burrow is basically what I'm trying to say. So if, if, if Lou Anarumo can drum up a couple of schemes that get Herbert off his um, out of his routine and out of his read, I think the Bengals are entirely able to very easily contain this Chargers offense Mm
1: -hmm. yeah because they don't run the ball particularly well um it's not like they get a lot of rushing yards but it's more Austin Eckler out of the backfield on you know on on those Texas routes and in those swing routes and then it's also Keenan Allen over the middle do you think we're going to see Mike Hilton on Keenan Allen he's in the slot or do you think Cheeto's gonna you think Cheeto's gonna follow him
0: I think it's going to be a lot. I think we're going to see two guys. I think are going to play a lot of time this week. I think we're going to see a lot of Ricardo Allen on Sunday. I think we're going to see. Oh wait, no, he's injured. I was going to say we're going to see a lot of Akeem Davis Gaither. Yeah. So this is a week where not having him is really going to hurt. Well, I think
1: I think I think Von Bell might take try to take some of his snaps with with the role that he has, or Ricardo Allen could either one of them
0: this is a big weekend for safeties and linebackers because the chargers like to um, put your guys in a mixer and they try to, they're not a motion team as much as they are flooding zone type of team. Um, And so our guys need to play very intelligent football uh, to win on Sunday, which I'm, I I think this game is not going to be as high scoring as people think it is just because, The Chargers, yes, they're ranked second in offensive DVOA. Their past performances do not dictate that that's where they should be ranked. Um, They get bailed out on a lot of explosive plays. For the most part, the Bengals have been good at limiting explosive plays. So I think if you can limit the explosive plays this weekend, if you're the Bengals, uh, I I really like their chances to win this game and, and move on.
1: Yeah. Um, also, I was going to say Brandon Staley, their coach, is almost. And I don't know if you've watched a lot of Chargers game this year. He's almost like aggressive to a fault, where like it'll be like fourth and four on their thirty, or like on the opponent's thirty, they could just kick a field goal, and like he'll go for it. So I think that's going to be important this week too, because if you can get off the field on those fourth downs where they're way too aggressive and or stubborn, I don't know the I don't I don't know. I think think they're just stubborn uh, to not kick a field goal. Um, If you can get off the field in those situations, it's going to be really big, really big. Especially, also, the Chargers, like, did you watch that Browns game when the Chargers played the Browns? Yeah. They went for it on fourth and two on their own, like, 25-yard. It was just something stupid like that. It was just like, if we can get off the field on those situations – they're already going to be a disadvantage. I, I, I think that that could really, really make an impact.
0: Um, the last couple of things I want to make a point on is one, I think we're over, we haven't said it, but you know, it's natural for people to say, Oh, West coast team coming to East one o'clock kick. That's an automatic advantage for the home team. That is definitely not the case, but looking at the forecast for Sunday, very much in the Bengals favor. Uh 15 mile an hour winds, 48 degrees and raining.
1: That really I'm not okay. I didn't know that. I I would not be surprised if the line moved. Um retired, retired, um, from betting on NFL. But the, I'm not would not be surprised if the line moved because of that.
0: Yeah. Um So, with all of that being said, why don't we get into some predictions? One sec, let me pull it up. All right. So, on Sunday, Bengals are minus three. They opened at minus two and a half and is now down to a round three. Over under is 50 and a half. Go right ahead. The floor is yours. All right.
1: um, I've gone back and forth on this game. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Bengals twenty-seven, Chargers seventeen. So Bengals cover under hits.
0: Listen, this feels like a game that um, the Bengals have to win. If they, this feels. I don't think it's a must-win, but it's a game that if the Bengals win, it almost puts them right at the doorstep of the playoffs.
1: It almost puts them at the doorstep of of, of the division and depending on that Monday night game, the one seed.
0: Yes, this is a huge game. And in a game like this, with the weather, like we said, against a defense that has not been good, this feels like a game where Joe Burrow and his poise really show through. And we see yet another efficient game one of those 21 for 26, 230 yards, two touchdown type games from Burrow because he he just has that poise and that calm swagger about him. Mm-hmm. So I think the Bengals win on Sunday. I think the Bengals win 30 to 21. Okay. And I think that the the key to the game is – there's going to be a Justin Herbert interception at some point from one of the safeties, either Von Bell or Jesse Bates gets a big interception, flips the momentum, whatever you want to say, wherever it comes in the game. It just feels like a game where yes, like you said, Jesse Bates made a couple of great plays last week. We haven't started. We've kind of started to see him build back into that form we saw last year. And I think this week is a continuation on that. I think we see a big play from Bates propels the defense. I don't think it's going to be a big Joe Mixon day. This feels like a, this feels like a game where you almost look up and you're like, how did the Bengals score 30 points? Yeah. But nonetheless, I'm going to take the Bengals 30 to 21. Uh, just because it feels like they're the better team. And it feels like right now they're playing better football. Than the Chargers,
1: they are playing better football, and that's what scares me. Because last time they were playing good football, uh, we we saw what happened. So
0: the the Bengals are looking to win uh, for the third time in a row, for the first time in a very long time. So uh, now, to
1: be fair, uh, I I was reading an article. um, The new Bengals, like these Bengals, they don't care about you know, about what happened in the past. I mean, you saw that with Joe Burrow's post-game press conference against the Steelers. It, it, it's just, he said it's the expectation now. It's not, it, they they don't care that they hadn't beat the Steelers three times in a row since 1990. Like, I, you know what I mean? So I feel like, I, I feel like it's just a different mindset.
0: Yeah, it definitely feels like a new day for the Bengals. And it definitely feels like, this is a game where we see the ultimate illustration of what the Bengals brought Zach Taylor here for and what the Bengals have right now. Marvin Lewis doesn't win these games. We will see if Zach Taylor can win these games
1: and I believe I you know I, you know. I, I believe in Zach Taylor now. I really do. I really do. After you just, you don't beat, and I know Brown's game, you don't beat the Ravens, you know, by 30 and the Steelers by 30 in one year. And and it just, it doesn't, it's not, it's nothing. I think we're past that.
0: I saw today and I I guess this, I should have, Realize this when I asked last week's trivia question: Marvin Lewis never won three games in a row against the Steelers.
1: No, he also hadn't had he didn't he didn't sweep them since 2009. So even those great Bengals teams. Now, to be fair, the Bengals window and the Steelers window were open at the same time, so they they would split a lot of those. But
0: nonetheless, just... all right. So switching gears a little bit. I do want to get into a a couple of seconds of Reds talk Um, but first trivia question and this one's going to be about the Freezer Bowl Okay. because we are, it's the 40 year anniversary of that season this year okay so who who was the Bengals leading scorer in the Freezer Bowl Remember, it was a 27-7 game in 1982. Who was the Bengals' leading scorer that day?
1: Uh, I have no idea.
0: No clue. That would be one Jim Breach. (laughs) Jim Breach. How cold was that? Two field goals. The temperature that day was negative 38 degree wind chill.
1: (laughs) Wow. Um, Wait,
0: no, 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 no. Negative 59, sorry.
1: Negative 59. Yeah. Honestly, I swear, I don't know, I'm being serious. If the, okay, how could you sit in that for four
0: hours though? I don't know, but um, my grandpa apparently went and, Uh, they closed all the bathrooms because all the pipes were frozen.
1: Dude, that's the craziest. I mean, uh, yeah, you'd think if it was negative 59 wind chill, then the wind had to be crazy. I don't know how the players did that. That would be insane.
0: Yeah. I I mean, the uh, full replay of the game is up on YouTube. I might watch that later tonight instead of some of these college basketball games, but nonetheless. retired, Retired, retired. Freezer Bowl, 40-year anniversary, one of the most legendary games in NFL history, I'd say.
1: It's a, uh, it's, a, it's a total NFL Films. Oh, yeah. NFL Films game.
0: Yeah. So I want to get into the Reds for a second. I know we're pretty much predominantly a Bengals podcast, but we, um, we discuss the Reds from time to time.
1: Sadly. Sad, sadly, we do.
0: What are they doing?
1: I honestly and 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 after they're they're trying to trade all th- not all three but they're interested in trading all three Gray, Castillo and Mali, I'm thinking Bob Castellini has some debts that he owes and he's trying to pay it back this year.
0: I mean, good lord. So yeah, the news today is that the Reds have engaged with the Angels and the Rangers on trades surrounding Uh, one of Castillo, Gray, and Mally. One of them is likely to get moved at some point over these next couple of days. It is truly, truly, truly amazing that this franchise went to the playoffs with Dusty Baker. Went to the playoffs. Won 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 a central title. And not only did they fire him after they went to the playoffs, they imploded that entire roster. And they didn't keep Johnny Cueto. Homer. They, didn't, they didn't keep Mike Leak. I'm not going to mention Matt Latos because he ended up sucking anyway. They decided they were going to keep Homer Bailey.
1: Not only did they keep Homer Bailey, they hired Brian Price. Look it up. The worst career-winning percentage for a manager with over three or four seasons in MLB history. And the the MLB is 100 – how how old since the – the live ball era was like, what, 1910? Yeah. 110 years in the – red, and we witnessed the worst manager of it all. That is – actually kind of awesome
0: so, but terrible. so to my eye and it you see like you'll see like one once or twice you'll see like one of these unreasonably optimistic reds fans well maybe they're just saving all their money to spend it on carlos correa and i pity i pity that poor soul because oh my gosh the Bengals, or the Bengals, the Reds have not spent a single dollar in free agency. Not only that, they let Mike Lorenzen go, who in a, in a crappy bullpen like the one they had last year, I wouldn't be in a rush to get rid of people from that bullpen.
1: <laughs> Honestly, with the way we're going, I wouldn't be surprised if we bought brought like a David Hernandez back or, or, or somebody where it's just, vet, you know, minimum – <laughs> but the how many win, how many games the Reds winning this year? Let's just get that out of the way. Sixty three. Sixty three. Are we going to be worse? I'm I'm thinking about this right now. The NL Central is going to be terrible. The Reds the, are coming in third at best. The Cubs are tanking. The Pirates are tanking. The Reds are tanking. It's crazy. I just it's it's such a fall from grace. It really is. And I don't understand because this should be
0: their window. They were right there last year. They had they had that June July last year where they were just ripping off wins. And what what did Bob Castellini decide to do? Nothing.
1: No, no, that's not true. He didn't do nothing. He sold off everybody, so he did something. He, he, did, he, he, he went in the negative. It, it just doesn't make any sense. It, I am
0: truly it, at a loss for words.
1: You know what? You know what? I'm upset. I'm at a loss for words. But I, I would be content if I heard Bob Castellini explain why. Explain the financials. I get COVID hit. I just want an explanation I don't care. I, I get it. We're All those guys are gone now. It's fine. I just want to, for him to explain the financials and why we had to do it, and then I can sleep well at night.
0: It's not a problem if you don't have the money. If you don't have the money, sell the fucking team. Yeah, exactly. I I agree.
1: I agree I mean, 100%. It's, it's hard. But me, you, know, it's, he's too, you know he's too stubborn to do that. He's, he's too prideful.
0: He, he's, he has too big of an ego to do that. It just seems like he's holding on to this team for the sake of saying that he's the Reds' owner. Because I can guarantee you, he does not give a hoot about winning anything.
1: No. No, at all. And what makes me mad is, this is the time we should be trying to win. Jonathan India, rookie contract. Nick Senzel, as much as you hate him, rookie contract if he stays healthy. Tyler Stevenson, rookie contract. Those guys, I mean, the core of the team, other than Joey Votto, isn't making a ton of money. So it's just, it's frustrating, man. Uh, it's so bad. Sonny Gray's only making like 10 mil a year. Sonny Gray, a 10 mil contract, that's a crime. We're stealing Sonny Gray's services for ten million.
0: Did You see, we're uh, including getting rid of Michael Lorenzen. We're also not going to bring back Michael Givens because we're not willing to offer, we're not willing to uh, tender him.
1: We're not willing to tender him to pay him two and a half million dollars a year. It's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous.
0: So in, in some Asian, I just kind of wanted to talk about this because one, what a juxtaposition in the city of Cincinnati right now. I think even when Bengals season is over this year, people are just gonna be
1: It's all in on the draft, it's
0: all in on free agency for the Bengals. It's all in people are fed up with the reds and I don't blame them. And to steal a quote from one of our friends, it takes a whole hell of a lot to make Mike Brown look like the owner committed to winning in Cincinnati. And that's kind of a veiled shot at Mike Brown. But I mean, look at the minimal effort it takes to look like you're committed to winning Mike Brown Mike Brown Brown signs four guys, each of the last two free agency periods and we sing his praises, we are ready to throw roses on him, all this stuff. That is all that it takes.
1: You it, that's all it takes in a smaller market. We're not asking, we're not asking to be the Yankees, we're not asking to be have a 350 million dollar payroll like the Dodgers.
0: We can't even get new uniforms for the Reds and the uniforms stink.
1: We can't. We can't even get a. We can't even get a bullpen arm that had an under three ERA for three
0: mil. We it can't. Is, it's truly amazing the the absolute apathy that these wealthy people will handle these teams with, just so that they can say, "I own a sports franchise." It's truly well, mind-boggling.
1: I'm really looking forward to the. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Reds this year uh, and just to see if the uh, MLB PA and the M O B agree on like a cap floor where you have to spend a certain amount, that would be awesome.
0: That might make Castellini sell the team.
1: That would be amazing. I saw something where like uh, we talked about it a little bit, but Scherzer, is making more than like the whole entire pirates payroll, like including the minors, which is crazy. Um, and it, a, a cap floor in, 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 that sport would be amazing. It, it would just be awesome.
0: So the last point I'll make about this, and we had a text sent in one of our group chats last night that directly quoted me saying this. So I'm moving to Chicago next summer. The day, the very day I move in to Chicago I am no longer a Reds fan for the team. I will love Joey Votto to the end of the earth. I will love Jonathan India to the end of the earth. I'm a Cubs fan the day I moved to Chicago and I know they're not much better. I know they're not much better. And I know their owners almost just as cheap, but the one thing that they have going for them is that they win and they have an idea of what they want to build. The Reds have no clue what they're doing.
1: Well, they know. They, but yeah, they're they're penny pension, dude. They they know what they're doing. <laughs> they they know what they're doing.
0: We don't have any prospects. Okay, yeah, we have Ladolo and Hunter Green. That'll be another three years. We don't have any prospects. We Shut have. Up.
1: Shout out, shout out Jake Sneed when uh, Hunter Green's going to be Cy Young winner in 2036.
0: Yeah, we have no prospects. We have five guys that can hit major league pitching in our lineup. And we have no bullpen.
1: Hear me out. Josh Van Meter can come back.
0: And the sad thing is he's probably going to be our starting second baseman on opening day because for some reason we're going to decide that Jonathan India needs to play third base this year.
1: <laughs> dude, we still got Eugenio, dude. We're chilling. And the only reason we still have Eugenio is because nobody wants him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's a sad his ass, state of his affairs. His ass would be
1: out of town in a heartbeat with that eight mil, <laughs> but nobody wants him.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I, I just wanted to get into a little bit of that right there because – it is so tragic what this once great franchise has become. I texted my mom a couple of weeks ago because she was Reds all in the 70s. And I said, how cool were the 70s? I, I wish I could go back to that era because we are never seeing a championship.
1: Not not for the foreseeable future. Not with how old Castellini. Castellini. How old was Bob Castellini? God,
0: I- I'm not going to wish anything ill on him. No, just I'm just sell saying, I'm the just,
1: team and retire. No, I'm just saying how, how old is he? He's 80. He's going to okay. be
0: 81. Right. In, uh, okay. uh, he's going to be 82 next September. Okay. I got you.
1: All right. I'm not, I'm not wishing anything ill on him. I'm just saying he's probably got about 10 years left. So we might see a championship the next 25 years. It's
0: tragic, it's tragic. but tragic. you know what? We have the Bengals.
1: And who, who would have ever thought we would have said that?
0: <laughs> you know what? The Bengals have Joe Burrow. The Bengals have hope. And that hope gets put to the test on Sunday. You've got the Bengals 24-21, I think you said. No, no, 27-17. I've got the Bengals 30-21. Let's see a win. Let's get to 8-4, and four, and then we'll worry about the playoffs on next week's recap episode. Yeah. Sound good?
1: Yes, that sounds absolutely fantastic.
0: All right. With that Bengals Chargers on Sunday. Who